Welcome to season three of the Charity Matters podcast. I'm Heidi Johnson, lifelong helper, nonprofit founder, and your host. I've been interviewing the helpers for a decade with my blog, and I'm so grateful to now be sharing these inspiring conversations on our podcast three seasons later. Join me as we learn the challenges and stories of innovators, entrepreneurs, and modern day heroes who set out to solve the problems of humanity. Today, our guest are Jim Elliott, the founder of the Dive Heart Organization, and Tina Marie Hernandez, the executive director. I'm really excited to share this inspiring conversation about how scuba therapy is changing the lives of people with disabilities. You're not gonna wanna miss this. Welcome, Jim and Tina Marie. We're so excited to have you here. Today we have Jim Elliott and Tina Marie Hernandez from the Dive Heart Organization. We're so excited to have you both. We have our founder and our executive director, so we have a dynamic duo um, in the house with us today, and we're really excited to learn about your incredible work. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here talking with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tina? Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so why don't we start off with, um, first of all, Tina, why don't you tell us um, what the mission of the Dive Heart organization is and what exactly it is that you guys do? Sure. So um, Dive Heart is an organization that works with people with disabilities, physical and cognitive. We're also a training agency for people who want to work safely with people with disabilities in the water. And we use scuba diving as a therapy. So we start people in a pool, um, we get them to where they're comfortable. We see a lot of um, self-improvement in the people that we work with. They get confidence, they get um, just a renewed vigor of life, embracing life sometimes because we work with people who might've been in an accident. And then we also work with people who've dealt with their condition their entire life. And it's one of those moments where they're like, I'm getting a win. This is a win day for me. And that's something I tell parents and family members, you know, because they're nervous, maybe the first time, or they're not sure if it's going to go. I said, I guarantee your loved one is going to leave with a win today. So they're going to be proud of themselves for something. So um, that's what we do. We don't cure ailments. Um, What we do is we help people live a better life. I love that. And as someone who's been a lifelong diver, now I haven't been in a little while, I have to say I had a kind of scary experience in a lava cave with a tube and my tank scraping the back of it. And it just freaked me out that I've, I've taken, I don't know, like a five-year <laughs> but but I will say that I I do I, when I learned about you guys, I was fascinated because as someone who's been diving, it, it, and someone without a disability that I I do not have a disability, but I can tell you the fear that I feel before I go in the apprehension, you think you can't do this. And then how, how I feel when I've accomplished it. And, and I am not dealing with all the challenges that the people that you serve are. And so I know that the feeling that I've had from diving over the years, I'm scared every single time and I'm elated every time I get out of the water. So, um, alive, alive, right? Alive. Exactly. So I think that's fascinating, but Jim, I mean, tell me, you know, you don't just wake up and start a nonprofit. I mean, when people, when you're a little boy and people say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Nonprofit founder doesn't usually make the top of the list. So there's a series of things that happen, right? So, so tell me that journey and how you got to this point. 
Well, I'm a, a, a media guy by trade. I'm a journalist. Um, I took diving because I thought if I ever meet someone like Jacques Cousteau, I better know how to scuba dive, right? Really, <laughs> no burning desire to learn how to dive. All of a sudden, I fell in love with it. As you know, it's a great equalizer. It's like being an astronaut in inner space. It's amazing. So, so uh, during the 80s, I got involved in, um, I was on nonprofit boards in the media business. I was at the Tribune, WGN, radio, helped start up a TV station for them. And so I was in the media, um, I was on these nonprofit organizations. And in, in the mid 80s, I started guiding and teaching blind skiers because my oldest daughter's blind and um, saw how that helped people and said, you know, you can only ski at certain times of the year in certain places in the world. But there's really a pool in every community. So what if I were to do kind of in diving what I've been doing for decades in skiing and taking people out of wheelchairs and putting them in the water and having them fly, learn to be an astronaut? And that was kind of the premise of the whole idea. Wow. And the, the logo I went to an attorney friend whose uh, kids I taught how to dive and because I became an instructor in 97 and and said, you know, this this logo can't be available. I like to start a nonprofit and kind of do what I've been doing with the blind ski group. And he went and checked it out and said, Jim, good news. He said, I talked to my partners and we can do all your trademark work and your 501c3 incorporation pro bono. That's great. Oh, my gosh. So what year was that? Um, that was 2001 we incorporated this is our 20th anniversary happy anniversary that's that's really that's fantastic that's yeah. big now i that's, get to tell people we're not a, a flash in the pan right we're here to stay <laughs> but if you hit 20 you you're you're good at you, least you're, you're solid well and and i've been interviewing nonprofit founders for about a decade and i've interviewed everyone from people that are literally just launching to people that have been around for a long time and you know most of my nonprofit founders are alive, thank goodness, right? Because like the founder of the Girl Scouts, she's no longer with us, right? So so it's really great for me to, to see um, the longevity of something. And when someone sets out to do something, to be an entrepreneur, to start a business, to serve other people, you know, it's um, it's hard. It's hard work and it's hard to keep going. And it would be really easy, just like starting a business to say, you know, this got a little hard and I'm just going to. I'm going to stop. So tell me some of the challenges you've faced in the past two decades, because obviously it is not easy work and there's challenges all the time. Um, but tell me about some, some of the challenges that you've faced in this process. Well, I think one of them is just continuing to evolve, right? I mean, that's a challenge for everyone as a human being, as an organization, right. whether you're a for-profit business or non-for-profit business, that when you were just saying about everyone you've interviewed is that we are kind of the embodiment right now of what is the backup plan, right? What's, right. what's the next step? I mean, we want Jim around forever, but when that um, comes to an end for one reason or another, I'm kind of now getting in place for, to be the next step, right? And we talk right. about that a lot. Um, but the, the challenges so are to ever evolve, to keep our finger on the pulse of what is changing. And, and, you know, we've been inclusive since before inclusivity was the thing, the word, right. right. But as a nonprofit who needs help with funding, who, you know, all of our pool programs are free. So we need people to give to us. And, you know, 99% of the money that we get in to help us run our, our, 
programs are from individuals. So it's right. about getting the word out and letting them know that, you know, yes, you're giving us money so that we can help people in the pool because even though it's free for them, it's not always free for us. Right. 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 So, um, so that's, that's a challenge. Like, you know, keep doing what else do you see, Jim? Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I think, um, the relationships uh, that we develop over the years are very important. The the media contacts that I, and friends that I've developed in businesses in the Chicagoland area are, are invaluable. I mean, people are always going, well, why don't you go down to the Keys or why don't you go to right. you know, or set up shop there? A little chilly in Chicago. <laughs> I said, I'm, close, I'm close to every diving spot in the world because all I have to do is go to O'Hare or Midway Airport and I can right. I could be around the world. So, but relationships, um, we foster them and, and value them. And if we have a donor, like for example, we had a we have a, a documentary called Turning Point that it was done that airs on PBS every now and then. And we had somebody from Southern California call us, and this lady says, you know, I, my husband and I watched Turning Point last night and we cried. Where do we send a check? And oh. five years later that donation knock on wood has increased every year and we um yeah we just make sure she knows everything all the good stuff that we're doing so she knows that her investment her donation is going places see right. i love that yeah that is oh, go ahead and and you know one thing that jim has us um he does personally still but i'm getting into it as well as you know for every donation that we have contact affiliation with you know that we can say um, right we we write a personal note, personal thank you. So yeah. we're big, but we're still small enough to do that, right? And and I think sometimes one of the challenges I know that I face is managing relationships because we're we're small organizations. We're trying to do our program. We're trying to to serve people that we're serving, and then we need to be communicators to our our donors. We need to communicate stories like we are right now on this podcast to share our good work, and then we need to to constantly be talking and engaging with all of those people that are wonderful supporters of ours, but sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day. Right. I mean, it's there just, never is, right? there never is. And, and I say this, you know, I, I use the analogy that the bucket is heavy because I feel like, you know, if we were businesses that were manufacturing something, we just go to bed at night and say, okay, we didn't make enough, whatever we're making. But for us, we and you literally physically have the backs of people on your that you're trying to serve as many people as you can. And if you didn't do XYZ, so and so isn't going to get this experience, so and so. And so we carry a different weight. You know, our bucket is heavy because we carry humanity. We carry people who we're trying to to help. And that can be that can be difficult. And I don't think people realize how hard. Um, that can be. So what fuels you both um, to keep going when it's kind of one of those days where you're like, I didn't get all the notes done. I didn't get the, you know, everything didn't happen. What, what keeps you going? Um, I think, you know, we kind of put it as um, it's one bite out of the elephant at a time. Right. <laughs> and sometimes I, I come back at them and I'm just like, that elephant keeps getting bigger. Like, <laughs> but um, I hear that. But you know, there, so one of the gifts I give myself is I talked about the pool programs and uh, you know, I'm 
so much into the office side of things and paying the bills and processing stuff and making sure um, that everything is in order that one of the gifts I give myself is to go to our pool programs and to interact directly with the people in the pool, to talk to the family members or the, the volunteers and things like that. The, those are gifts that I give myself because that really energizes me to see smiles and things like that. And then um, and to be able to talk about Dive Heart, you know, we do a lot right. of presentations and, you know, being able to talk about Dive Heart is a wonderful experience as well. And it, it really reminds me, it's funny because I don't think about me getting passionate about it. And whenever I end up talking to someone because they accidentally go, so what do you do with Dive Heart? Um, <laughs> they're like, gosh, you're so passionate. I'm like, really? And but they, <laughs> and I might not see it so much, but they can see it in my face. And that always makes me happy too, because I'm like, you don't want to lose that passion. There's a right. reason we started this work. It's not going away. There are always going to be people with disabilities, always with, and, and you want to be able to show them if we could, every person in the world about how valued and, you know, and helping them find right. their purpose. And, and we do that for our volunteers as well as our participants. And it's, and it's amazing to see those interactions. Anyway, go ahead, Jim. A very simple thing that I do in the morning when I do not want to get up and do anything, <laughs> I just say, you know what? Ninety percent of success is is get is show is showing up. Oh, and even oh, though yeah. I'm dragging, I just I know something good is going to happen. Somebody's going to say thank you for what you do, and and that is fuel for my engine. And we try to we try to follow the challenge by choice philosophy. So we understand that life gets in the way for a lot of our volunteers. So we, we say, look, do as much or as little as you can or you want to. And I, I was famous for, and Tina helped me kind of wean off of this. I was famous for giving you a brand new volunteer, all the responsibility that you asked for. <laughs> and then of course you get scared to death and you don't show up right. the next day. So that's something I would tell other nonprofit leaders if you're new. Yeah, take take your time, challenge by choice, let them get into it, and you'll see who's real. The, the cream will come to the surface. That right. and, and the, the other thing I've learned, I've learned so much from Jim in the 10 years that I've been working with him and with Dive Heart. But one of the things also is, you know, sometimes I step, we're very yin and yang, the two of us, but um, it's great. Sometimes I'm more hesitant about stepping forward and, you know, and saying, oh, so-and-so says they're going to do blah, 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 blah. And he's all over it. And I'm just kind of, oh, let me check. And then I've learned over time that you sometimes have to take that opportunity. Life happens and for everybody. And if right. someone's willing to give 110% and then all of a sudden it seems like they had, they didn't even realize it. Like they, they come to us going, I'm going to do this for you guys forever. And then three months later, something yeah. happens in their life that makes them pull back. And, right. you know, I don't want to be where we could have had that opportunity with them that right. we missed because I didn't, you know, so, so there's a balancing act, but that's another thing. Like if, if people come to us and say, we want to do a fundraiser with you, we want to do this with you. We want to volunteer with you. I'm getting better at going, okay, let's see where this goes and let's right. see how this works out because it might be, this is the opportunity we get now and we're not going to have it. Um, you know, opportunity knocks, right? The bus will come around again, but it might not be the same bus, right? It, it's right. And it's tricky. I mean, you know, volunteers are fantastic and wonderful and, and amazing. And their intentions are always so good, but it's running organizations of the volunteers, which I do as well for the nonprofit that I run. Um, 
it comes with some challenges, right? It comes with some challenges. And so, you know, they're giving of their time. And if something presents itself that takes that away, then you're kind of like, oh, okay. Like what, what, what happens here? So yeah, I live that. I, I, I hear you on that one loud and clear. So one of the things that I um, kind of love and hate is the word impact. I love that um, people, donors, foundations, they want to know our impact. Um, I love that, that we're setting goals for ourselves and we're holding ourselves accountable. Um, we're always, we're our worst critics. We're always trying to serve more, do more, help more, raise more. I mean, that's, it never ends. We're worse than anybody, but, um, but I hate impact because I feel like, you know, how do you measure an experience when you are, I teach leadership and you're giving self-esteem. It's this, you know, we're both giving intangible experiences to children or people um, with disabilities and you you can't measure a life-changing experience right you can't measure that in a grant you can't measure someone who feels like they can do anything because of their experience with you in the pool so when i ask you the evil question of what is your impact ben um knowing that i have mixed feelings on the word and what and what what is impact to you it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be numbers served or dollars raised it's whatever it is to you well, I, I'm a big, as a journalist, I'm a big storyteller and, and believe in stories and the power they have. So we have been very successful in getting uh, a lot of media coverage. Um, I've done two TED Talks, NBC Nightly News has done stuff, PBS, all the networks, CNN. And those to me are, are jewels. Those are gems that we have. And those are on our YouTube channel and playlists. So if I want to talk to a medical, a medical group, we have a medical playlist. Uh, we've done 11 symposiums on adaptive scuba we have a military playlist so we can we can put that documentary about you know veterans with disabilities and, and the impact it's made on them and for them to talk to the camera and say this is what it's done for me that moves people i could talk all day long <laughs> right when they say it and they're in a wheelchair they get attention that i couldn't get that's amazing. Can I hire you? <laughs> no. Can we hire you for PR? Tina Marie's like, no, no, no. Um, Tina Marie, what would you say your impact is? What do you think? You know, I do measure it partially the way that Jim does. Um, a lot of times it's it's the stories, the individuals, because, and I think you'll agree too, you know, we might work with a lot of people look at impact. How many people did you help? Did you help 200? Did you help 300? And I, I understand why they ask that. Um, I try and remind myself sometimes about also individuals. So, so we have one particular individual who we've been working with her since she was three months past her very life-changing um, accident that, you know, she, um, she's now a, a incomplete quadriplegic. She got injured at 19. Um, you know, you don't know what you're going to do with your life at 19, no matter what. Right. right. But we met her, she was still in her anger phase, <laughs> which is again, understandable. She was a very decorated athlete before this accident. Mm -hmm. Um, but yesterday, well, this last week, she announced how she's, um, out of her, um, community graduate, uh, community college program is now going to a four-year program to finish her degree. And 
Yeah, I can't say Dive Heart did all the work. We didn't, but we helped get her that spark. I know we did. She's worked with us and has she's her whole life has changed. Her family life has changed. So they're all international travelers now. They, you know, she was invited to go to Thailand, like without us. Like they they're not, they're just like, you are amazing. You need to come to Thailand. And she did. And she's so um, she's been inspiring to people who without disabilities to get certified. They're like, well, wow, I didn't want to get certified. I, I have a mom who's like, I didn't want to get certified or get in the water until I saw her because mm-hmm. she has a son with, um, on the autism spectrum. She has a husband who's an avid diver could never convince her. And after she went on a trip and met this young woman, she goes back and she didn't tell her husband, but she went to the scuba shop that her husband um, works with. And uh, she's like, I want to take another test in the water. And she's telling this to the instructor. He's like, really? Why? And she's like, I want to make sure I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And he's like, whatever. Okay. And so he did. And she ended up getting certified and she's going to be on this trip that we're going on. And, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't anybody else, but this young woman seeing her coming up out of the water with the smile on her face, with her energy and saying, maybe I am missing out on something. And to me, those are the impact. I can't measure that impact. No, you know, but because that person's life is better, I know you know, when he's like, I hope we can reach as many people as we can. I go, but you've changed so many lives already. You know, the work's never done, but give yourself a half a second to kind of breathe in. And the ripple effect of that change, right? Absolutely. I mean, you, just the girl that you're just, you know, I feel like sometimes as nonprofit um, founders and executive directors, you know, we, we're the passionaries. We have the torch and our job is to kind of ignite everybody else with our passion, which you talked about earlier, Tina Marie. And, and I think that, but when you see those that we serve, that we've given that spark to them and then they have carried it on to me, that's what I would call. That's what I call payday. We don't get, we don't do this for money. We don't do that. We do this for that. And when, when you see that you've served someone that you've helped them, and then they're in turn helping somebody else. That's 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 why we do this work. That's you know, that's the real win. I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said ripple effect, because what we do and, and what's really cool about what we do is it can happen so fast. The first pool session can be so powerful because, number one, it's not natural to breathe underwater. So no, no, it's not. The, the, the thing that happens <laughs> to everybody that that puts their face in the water and breathes in off that tank. And and it changes the way they think and the way they experience life. We like to do is say that we take the unrealized human potential and we create a paradigm shift. So now it's not Johnny in a wheelchair, it's Johnny the scuba diver. And then what we do is once they have this new identity, we point them towards being a good steward of the environment, you know, get into marine biology or, or train or whatever, you know, just be a helper and do good in the world and 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 we try to help them go in that direction and and they inspire people around them like you said the ripple effect and this girl that tina was talking about um her, her, she came to us and said you changed my daughter's life thank you so much oh and that's I mean, fuel 
That's yeah, that's, and it's, I think it's kind of addictive. My, my husband <laughs> always says it's really, he's like, Heidi, seriously, like, could you be hooked on anything else? I mean, he's, he skis, he's a triathlete, he scuba dives. I do all these things to keep up with this guy. And, uh, I'm like, no, this is more addictive to me. The thrill of changing someone's life or knowing that you've got a tiny hand in a bigger picture, um, is, is, is as thrilling as, the deepest dive or the shark dives I did in Tahiti and all the other crazy things that man, you know, has, has dragged me on. God, I love my husband dearly, but I have, boy, I take him for the team for this one. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that, that those moments are, are exactly why we do this work and why, and why it's work so important because the right. world well, needs it, so it, much like of this. The moments making, seeing people become ambassadors and not just participants because we get so many ambassadors out of it and and it's great to enable those people to help us as well right and then the amount of people that come back and work with us year over year over year and some never go on a trip someone no some never get out of the pool but they become family right they because we see them so i love that and it's about so so that's it's it's your 20 year anniversary. I'm sure when you started this gym, you, you were just thinking about that moment, that day, that week, that next second, you were not thinking about one year, five year, 10 or 20, but if you could dream any dream for dive heart, what does that look like? Wow. I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> you're right though. It's the process. It's, it's finishing the drill you're doing right now. And it's not thinking about winning the game. It's about getting that play, you know, doing that play effectively. But right. one of our long range goals is, uh, and we've been at it for a bit is to build a deep warm water therapy pool so that we can replicate some of the things, the benefits we see in open water. For example, second day of a dive trip, somebody will roll up in a wheelchair and go, Jim, I've been in chronic pain for 15 years. This is the first time I've been pain free since my injury. And we wow. know now, we know now after after doing research with university medical centers, that that can last up to two weeks after the trip. Really? And yeah. You, so you know wow. you're pain free that week and you don't have to take meds for two weeks after. So if we can get people in the water on a regular basis, deep enough, we can then help replicate that and and uh, anxiety and ptsd symptoms i think we all get calmer underwater like you were saying earlier um, right doctors from john hopkins did a study with one of our teams and said if you jim if you get people to, to 66 feet underwater there's an extra output of serotonin that helps with the pain management but also 80 percent of the people in this study the veterans in this study with ptsd um 80 of their symptoms were alleviated during that week so now you're on anxiety meds what, what if you're able to get in the pool two two times a week maybe you don't need them right so that's wow. what we want to discover is how how we can benefit people and and we can then like train thousands and thousands and thousands of people because we'll be a destination so that facility is what we're right doing. that's our vision yeah that, researchers like that is a great vision yeah researchers like um to know what they're getting into. And so the ocean <laughs> isn't always, it has a lot of variables. And so we're yes, we'll yes it does. eliminate some of those variables for them and, and really get some of the research that we see one that's needed, but two things that, that we can't even think of and have the researchers come just this year, we have um, implemented a program where 
we're able to speak to now occupational therapists, physical therapists, and recreational therapists, and they can um, listen to us for an hour and get uh, <laughs> learn about scuba therapy and how they might incorporate that into their practice and get a continuing education credit. So oh, that's great. That that's huge for us to be. I really want to influence this next group of people coming out and starting their practices, but also talk to some people who are already in their practices and and seeing where we can move with that, because that's another I mean, we're we're not medical people, but to be able to get the medical people um, to start using scuba therapy and really using it as a therapy that they can provide would be awesome. That's amazing. Well, because you just don't, it just isn't top of mind, right? You're thinking, I, I have a great um, nonprofit founder that I should connect you guys with. Um, his name is Hal Hargrave and he founded a Be Perfect Foundation. You can listen to his podcast. And he was a, a young athlete who became a quadriplegic and he started an organization that provides wheelchairs, physical rehabilitation. Um, he goes and meets people at the hospital after their accident and they take them all the way through for converting their houses, everything. He's about, I don't know, maybe 30 now, married, has a great life. He's just the most amazing human I've ever met, one of them. And um, and I think, you know, when you're thinking about it, he's here in LA where, where I'm based, but you don't think about scuba as part of that therapy, right? It just isn't just isn't top of mind. It just isn't top of mind. So I think to change that narrative is really exciting because there is so many amazing things that happen when you're when you're in the water. It's scary and fun and wonderful and all of those great things. So I mean, all of this stuff, 20 years, 10 years, these this time doesn't come without um this journey does not come without wisdom and some life lessons that you learn along the way. We are in a you know privileged position to see um, the best in humanity sometimes. And, and sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the worst. Sometimes we see a lot of pain. But out of that, I think we we really we gain an insight that I think a lot of people don't that don't have that privileged position that we have in the work that we do. So I'd love to hear from both of you some of the life lessons you've learned in your time with Dive Heart. Well, one of the things that uh, keeps us going and able to adapt is uh, when we are hit with an obstacle, right? We, we identify um, the positive side, take lemons and make lemonade basically. So our perspective is is everything at the beginning. So we see, for example, I was I was telling you earlier, they raised their rent 700%. So now we, how do we turn this? How do we turn it into something positive? And then and then what action do we take that's going to really be meaningful at this moment? And and just stay with it and then persevere. You know, so you know, take that obstacle, turn it around. We've we've been successful doing that um, many times, like during COVID. One of our instructors got COVID, was on a ventilator for 12 days. They okay. gave him last rights in the hospital. He survived, thank goodness. But we canceled 11 trips and 200 pool programs. And out of nowhere, five occupational therapy doctoral candidates came to us and said, we want to do our, our residencies with you and our capstone projects. So that's that's where we can do CEUs now, you know, for PTs, OTs, and, and recreational therapists. And that is just one of the things we were able to do during COVID, you know, of course, redoing the website and the database and all that stuff is part right. of, yeah, and, and servicing all your gear and all that. But it's, uh, yeah, it's that and being able to identify all the opportunities, like turning over all the rocks, you know, Tina, Tina gets crazy because sometimes 
I'm like always going, well, well, let's look at this. Let's let's do that. Let's do that. And she's like, oh, God, really again? <laughs> but I agree with you. I mean, there's a great book and maybe you've read it, but it's called The Obstacle is the Way. I don't know if you've yeah. heard about it, but it, 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 it so, so there you go. I mean, yeah. that book and it it's true when we, we feel like someone's thrown this in our direction. It's yeah. it's really a, a a sign from the universe to say turn around. There's something to do. There's a there's a there's a better path. There's something really exciting if you go this way. And I'm throwing this down for a reason. This isn't you're not. This is happening for you, not to you. And I think that if the world looked at obstacles as the gift that they are, even though they don't feel that way when they arrive, <laughs> like I'm sure that rent notice did not feel like a gift when it showed up. Yeah. But, no, it is, but it's, I'm, it's a way to look at the world without feeling put upon, right? right. It's, it's a challenge about, okay, it was funny. Um, I thought of my my nephew, when he was little, he, he was maybe one, one and a half, and he was in my mother's garden and we watch him walking around. He caught himself into a corner and my dad says, what are you going to do now? And he goes, I go this way. And he just <laughs> turned around and went another direction. And that's kind of what you're talking right. about. And we love that book, The Obstacles Away. We actually re-listen to it. Whenever we have a long drive, we're like, all right, let's just start mm -hmm. And at any point in the book, and we just start listening to it, and it, you always get something new out of it. We refer to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're obviously like minded because that, I love that book. So I haven't read it 15 times, but it's, it is a good one. So, so Tina Marie, what life lessons do you think that you've learned on this journey? Well, one of the ones that I've learned that I still work on <laughs> is um, it's all going to work out, right? Um I'm, I work, I come from a, a business background and corporate business and, you know, it's about results and getting stuff done and, you know, making sure you have everything in place, blah, blah, blah. And I have a, um, it's funny because I have been dragging slowly coworkers who've retired or who are like, I need purpose. I'm like, come find it with me. <laughs> and, um, and we joke because they're kind of the same type of person I am, you know, we're very, it's got to have blah, 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 blah. And one of them called me and, and she's like, Tina, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have this. I go, it's all going to work out. Just let's channel Jim. It's all going to work out. Cause he doesn't panic about anything ever. And, um, and he's, and it always works out. So I'm like, he's proven to me that it will. So we joke because then like four days later, she'll call me. She's like, you're right. It all worked out. You know, two people who I thought were going to show up, didn't show up. And so we had just the right amount of people at the, you know, and, and you still think like you still plan, okay, what are we going to try and do if it all right. happens the way we're afraid it's going to happen, but, um, it does all work out. Like I said, I, I try not to waste energy now worrying. I want to use that energy to either be prepared or get something else done that needs to get done um, because worrying isn't helping me at all. So no. that's what I mean by it's all going to work out. It doesn't mean you just let it go, but you can only do so much and you don't can, waste energy. Right. You can only do so much. And I think that, um, I think that, a lot of people need to hear that. I think that, you know, I, I always say that people have a worry gene. I did not inherit the worry gene. I don't worry. Um, but I, but I see people that do. And I think that we have so much to do in this work that there's just no time 
Well, there's not enough time for worrying. Like we have, we have so much we have to accomplish in a day. We have people to help. We have maybe lives it, to save. Maybe it's uh, your entrepreneurial spirits that get that. I don't feel myself as an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm very much the delivery girl. It's like, oh, it's sold. And over the fence, it goes to Tina. But um, so, so maybe that's your blessings and that you don't have that because we need you yeah. to start stuff. And like well, I said, I'm just, I'm constantly learning. That's still something I'm trying to fully embrace. I'm getting and better. I think people, people don't think of nonprofits founders as being entrepreneurs, which is exactly what they are. Um, and an entrepreneur of even a more hardy type, I would say, because our business is relying on the kindness of others. We not only are serving people, but then we're asking people to come join us in this mission. And, and it's not really a fantastic business model when you think about it. It's really not, you know, the ideal business model. And yet we all make it work. To your point, Marie, it always works out. We always make it work somehow some way. And that's, I think, why these stories are so important to share with people, because you are entrepreneurs, you are running businesses, successful businesses, and you are serving the world and making it better. I mean, it just doesn't, that's the best business I can think of. I mean, it's like, it's like when I started, I'm like, wait a minute, I get to scuba dive and help people <laughs> with disabilities. I mean, I get to do this. This is cool. What's not to love, I'm right? In. I'm in, Just sign me up. <laughs> And when I started, it was very interesting because um, you know way less than one percent of the population scuba dives. To period. No, I didn't know that. Oh, well, yeah, way less than. 1%. I feel special now, Jim. I feel special. You are. And, and now, now some people with disabilities is the last thing on the radar. So when I when I went out there, I'm really enthusiastic, and I'm telling all the dive shops and operators and people I know saying, yeah, I'm going to do this and, and come on, join me and, and I'll train your instructors and you'll be able to like do this in your community. And, you know, I've, I've been in Lyon, I've been a Rotarian. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all about service and I know how to build those things in different communities. And we do that all over the world. And they go, Jim, why would we do this? They go, number one, people with disabilities probably don't have money. Number two, it's a lot of work. And, and number three, what about the liability? Aren't you afraid you're going to hurt somebody and blah, blah, blah. And, I said, that's okay. I'm doing it anyway. And one guy, I remember we have we have hats with our logos. And I said, if you put this hat with our logo in your store, you can raise like $20 and give a percentage to us and help our, our nonprofit. He goes, why would I do that when I can put a $20 hat in my store and keep all the profit? <laughs> oh my God. And I said, and I said, you know what? You're a good businessman. I said, but we're not going anywhere. He's turned out over the last 20 years to be one of our biggest donors. Oh, but you never burn a bridge. Never, never, ever, ever. That's a good lesson is never burn a bridge. That's a great lesson. And I also think the the lesson in tenacity and passion and perseverance and consistency and showing up. I mean, all the lessons you've shared with us are are things we all need to be reminded of every single day of what's important. I mean, and service and service. I mean, service is the holy grail to me of gratitude and everything leadership and everything that that matters so i'm so grateful for the two of you sharing your story i want to hear how we can support you where we can donate how we can volunteer tell us how the best way to okay. find you guys uh, well our website is dieheart.org.org um, we are on facebook and um we love Facebook because if you start a Facebook fundraiser to support Dive Heart, Facebook gives us every penny 
not just a percentage or they don't take anything off the top. So we love that. And you've, well, this will air after uh, 2020. Maybe I'll do it for 2022 as well. <laughs> for 2021, I, I promised, and I have donated to every single person who has started a Dive Heart fundraiser on Facebook. Oh, I love um, that. So I, I took that on because I never want someone to be sad that no one donated to their Facebook fundraiser for Dive Heart. That, I um, think that's fantastic. Do you guys have Instagram? We do. We have Instagram. Um, we're getting better at Instagram. We're actually looking for someone to help us with our social media marketing. Yeah, because, if you know anybody, send them our way. Because we've yeah, tried right. a number of times and Jim and I, I mean, you just have a lot and there's always something new. Like I don't, I know how to say TikTok. Don't know <laughs> what exactly. We and people are like, oh, you should TikTok that. Oh, you should. I'm like, seriously, don't know. So I would love someone to like show up in our universe that could help us with that, that wants to do it because we could give them all sorts of stuff. We just don't have that person. Yeah. Right think, think about what yeah. kind of business you are in, um, meaning your audience and, right. and how you might be able to take what you do and assist us. Cause we're all, we're big on partnerships, right? So if we if you're a lawyer, rather than asking you for a $10,000 check, could you help us do some pro bono stuff? We have a copier guy. We have a car guy. We have, you know what I mean? And now, now I'm getting a million dollars in services that I don't have to pay for because our friends are partnering with us and helping take care of some of this stuff that we need to go forward. Money's great too, though. Um, (laughs) Money always makes me happy. Um, But, and we're doing things like um, in 2022, we're going to, um, do the first women of dive heart trip. Um, I don't know if you're aware that uh, in scuba diving, I might need to go on, I might need to go on vacation. Yeah. Right. right. In scuba diving, um, it is still very male dominated and I've been asked more than once, you know, do you have women instructors or women who dive with you with disabilities? And I'm just like, yes, yes, we do. So we're going to go and we're going to do a little hurrah trip. And we're going to make it environmental. We're going to be learning about how to save the environment as well. And having some female entrepreneurs out of the either environmental universe or the scuba universe and, and be able to, to do this trip, but we are going to be looking for um, sponsors. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, you two are such bright lights. Thank you for all you are doing. Thank you for bringing the gift of scuba, for bringing the gifts of self-esteem and confidence and changing all these people's lives. I mean, what what a beautiful story. And I'm just so grateful we, you got to share it with well, thank our you. audience thank today. Can I add one thing? Sure. As, a, if you're, as you're starting your nonprofit, you're going to be presented with some situations that you may not be comfortable with. I would recommend always stay on the high road, maintain your integrity. That's really good advice. That's a great way. It's a great way to wrap this up. Thank you, Tina Marie. Thank you, Jim Elliott. You two are amazing. And we are so excited to support Dive Heart and and see what happens with this new building and deep pool and all these great things that I know are going to happen. I think that dreams that dream is well on the path. So thank you for sharing with us today. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Charity Matters Podcast. I really enjoyed talking to our guests today, Tina Marie Hernandez and Jim Elliott, about what it takes to start a business that truly changes people's lives. I think Jim's comment about the obstacle is the way was so inspiring and true. To learn more about these modern day heroes like Jim, 
Or if you'd like to reach out to us, visit us at charity-matters.com or connect with us on Instagram at Charity Matters. If you enjoyed our conversation, we would love it if you shared it with your friends and family. And don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Remember that together we can make a difference one small act of kindness at a time. See you next time.